Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. So Moses went with his own wisdom instead of the wisdom of God. He didn't ask God. Now, because of that, this is important. This shows us that Moses was not yet ready to be the leader God needed. So God's going to give him a little what? He's going to give him a little 40 years of time out. I know that term. Are you an impatient person? If you are, do you find yourself chomping at the bit to get things done? Sometimes it's easy to think that you know the best way to get tasks completed. Besides, they need to get done right now. Once in a while, when you look back, you realize that it might have been better to wait just a little longer to complete a task because it would have been done better. Pastor Mark will be teaching about God's timing in the life of Moses. You'll learn that while Moses had an idea about God's calling on his life, Moses' timing and methods were in need of God's direction. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. He'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Exodus chapter 2 as he continues his message, The Great I Am, Moses. We're not privy to when he had this idea that he was going to be used as a leader for these people who had been in bondage for 400 years. But look at verse 11. One day after Moses had grown up, by the way, that's after 40. So those of you under 40, you haven't grown up yet. All right. He went out to where his own people were and he watched them at hard labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people, glancing this way and that and seeing no one. He killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. So during this transition phase, Moses must have already maybe said this to Pharaoh. We don't know when all of that happened. But one day he went out to where the Israelite slaves were working and he saw this injustice. Now the problem is at this point, he makes a wrong choice. He just made this Probably the greatest choice he could ever make to leave Egypt and serve God. But now he makes a wrong choice. How did he do that? What influence was there? I think this is very good. It's back in Acts. I don't want you to turn there. But look at Acts 7.25. Moses thought that his own people would realize that God was using him to rescue them. But they did not. That's a key. God had been preparing Moses for 40 years. But Moses makes a mistake. Would you write this down? Moses gets ahead of God's will. We need to wait for God's timing. 
Now, I can tell you, I've been there. I've gotten ahead. So have you. What did Moses do? Because he thought, well, there's an injustice, and that was right. Maybe he could have broken it up without killing him. But he lost it, that anger. We see that anger actually later, a number of times, in the life of Moses. So what he does is he takes everything into his own hands. Probably this came from a prideful heart. I'm going to be the leader. Well, let me just exercise it right now. He planned the deliverance of Israel in a human way. He didn't think past that moment. He just said, this is how it's going to be. Moses somehow began to think he's the key person that's going to deliver Israel. The only problem was Moses wasn't the one that was going to deliver Israel. Who was going to deliver Israel? The great I am was going to deliver Israel through Moses. But it wasn't Moses. When we started this church, God started it. Happened to use me and now thousands of other people. But it's God's church. And Moses didn't get this. In fact, Moses would never imagine at this point the way now God is going to use him. So what does that remind us? It's just a good thing for you and I, because sometimes we forget this. Very simple. You've heard me say it a lot of times. Life is not about you. It's all about God. Would you just turn to your neighbor and say life is all about God? Just tell him, would you? Would you tell him? <laughs> Pastor Mark, it's, it's all about me. Really? Um, our puppy still thinks it's all about her. <laughs> Teenagers definitely think it's all about them. Babies do too. You're over 40. It's not about you. It's about God. Now, Moses came up with his solution. How did he come up with the solution? Look back at that verse. He looked which way? He looked to the right. He looked to the left. Nobody's there. Perfect timing. Which direction did he forget to look? Which direction do I sometimes forget to look? Mm -hmm. Here's a great verse. It's good for our quiet time. Psalms 5.3. My voice you will hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning I will direct it to you, and I will look up. Remember we talked about it when we did the Lord's Prayer? Our Father, who art in. So where do we look? Great way to start our prayer. Because then the next thing we pray is what? Your will be done, your kingdom come. Not my will, not my kingdom, yours. So it's a great thing for all of us. Pride gets there. Sometimes we get busy. It's just good. Now, one day God is going to use Moses to deliver the Israelites from Egypt. But it's going to be in his timing, in his way. Turn with me to Psalm 32, if you will, just for a second. I see two dangers there in all of our lives. Because you say, well, Pastor Mark, he got ahead of God. What's the deal? Psalm 32 gives us a great insight into the will of God. The Lord says in verse 8, I'll read it out in the New Living. The Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. And by the way, that's always true. I will advise you, and I will watch over you. That's the great I am. He promises to guide us, to advise us, to watch over us. Then he gives us a warning. Look at that warning. 
Do not be like a senseless horse or a mule that needs a bit and a bridle to keep it under control. I think there's two dangers as we do this journey with God. Number one, danger number one, get ahead of God like a prideful horse. A horse, you have to hold back because that horse very often, they just like to go for it. Now, some of you, you have a personality like a horse. You just go for it. That's my personality. That's a lot of our guys in the staff personality. Quite often a leader, that's their personality. Just give me the thing and we're going for it. There's a huge danger there because we get ahead of God's will. We use our human understanding. It could almost be like we're trying to figure out what we're going to do if the hurricane comes and the storm or whatever. Well, it's just two divided by four equals six. We can do this. Thank you. No, 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 no. We prayed for God's wisdom. So we have to be very careful. If we get ahead of God, and you and I have been there, all you have to do is what? Turn around and come back. That's a waste of time, and we missed it. But there's another one here. Notice what the New Living Translation calls it a mule, a donkey, a dumb ass is what he's saying. Now, some of you are more like a mule. A little slow as it went through the audience there, wasn't it? Some of you are more like a mule. What do you have to do to a mule? Do you have to hold a mule back? You can't get him started. Because you're going to go what? The other direction. Am I right? He's just going to go the other direction. So sometimes what do we say to them? You dumb animal. You dumb mule. And I already told you the other one. (laughs) And we get angry. Why would God put this in the Bible? Because <laughs> he knows some of us. Actually, he knows all of us. Now, some of you do have more of a personality, just to wait, hold back. Somebody has to stir you up. Paul had to do that. I mentioned it already. Paul had to say to Timothy, now, come on, Timothy. You're gifted. Stir up the gift. Quit being like a mule. Some of you are like that. Can't get you going. But we've all been that. No matter what our personality is, I've been ahead of God. It's no good. I've been behind God. And here's what you discover when you're behind God. You miss opportunities that you'll never have again. The opportunity goes right by you. Anyone ever had an opportunity you knew to witness that somebody got open the door and you didn't do it? And there it went. It's not a good feeling. So, the will of God has two dangers, getting ahead or getting behind. Now, the Bible in the New King James says you don't have to be lacking understanding. It uses that word that the horse and the mule lack understanding. Can I have wisdom and understand what the Lord's will is? Yes, it is. Let me read it to you. Here it is. Ephesians 5. Be very careful that how you live, not as an unwise, but as a wise, making the most of every opportunity. There you are. Wait for God. Stay in touch with God. Stay in step with God. As Galatians 5 says, stay in step with the Spirit. Making the most of opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Now, because of Moses... 
What did he lean to in that day? His own understanding. Now, we can't be too hard on Moses. Because he hasn't really learned to follow God. But you and I really have no excuse. So Moses went with his own wisdom instead of the wisdom of God. He didn't ask God. Now, because of that, this is important. This shows us that Moses was not yet ready to be the leader God needed. So God's going to give him a little what? He's going to give him a little 40 years of time out. I know that term. Look at verse 12. Exodus two twelve. Back to where we were. After he killed the man. Notice what he did. And he hid him. In the sand. The Bible reminds us that anytime we try to hide our sins. Or wrong decisions. The book of Numbers says be sure they will be discovered. Adam and Eve tried to do it right from the beginning. Anytime we're guilty, our first reaction usually is to deny it. Been there? Yes, you have. I don't like to admit I'm wrong. In fact, I might get angry about to show you I wasn't wrong, but I am wrong. What do we do when we make a wrong choice? Let me give you a few keys. Number one, admit it was a wrong choice. See, Proverbs 28, 13 says, He who conceals his sins does not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces him finds mercy. We laugh when we say, Adam and Eve tried to hide from God. What's wrong with you, Adam and Eve? You can't hide from God. And yet when we make a wrong choice, and it happens to be a choice of sin, not just a bad judgment of sin, we like to hide it. Well, God doesn't know. You can't hide anything from God. So simply admit it. By the way, Moses is going to have a little time to think about that wrong choice. He's going to have time to ask God for forgiveness. Don't make an excuse. Be mature. Simply admit it was either a wrong thing. You got ahead of God. May not even admit a sin. You just got ahead of God. Or it was an actual sin that you got into. Number two, look at verse 13. The next day he went out and saw there's a thing. And notice what they say. Why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew? Look at verse 14. The man said, who made you ruler and judge over us? I've always wondered, did Moses say, God, we don't know. Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid, and he thought, what I did must have become known. When Pharaoh heard of this, he tried to kill Moses, but Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in Midian, where he sat down by a well. Moses did the right thing. Instead of being killed, he really has no choice. So he heads off to Midian. He's confused. He's tired. He's shaken. He's discouraged. So when you think about when Moses arrives there, what is he thinking? Good for us to kind of get in Moses' sandals. Did I make the wrong choice at the beginning? Man, why in the world didn't I just say in Pharaoh's grace is here? So he's thinking about this. What do you and I do after we admit we make a mistake? Here's what we need to do, because he's going to see this. It's going to take a while, but he will see it. Number two, expect and allow God to redeem the wrong choice. Moses doesn't know this yet. We're actually going to see there's little glimpses of God's goodness, but he's actually going to spend 40 years not really knowing. That's a long time. Romans 8.1 
Therefore, there is now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Satan loves to condemn us after we fail. In this kind of a big thing, I'm sure Moses is thinking, that's it. I'll never be used by God again. All that education, my, what my mom and dad went through, all the things that are it's over for me. I'm done. I'm finished. I'm sure Satan came to him many times and said, well, you're going to be out in this desert for the next whatever number of years. It's over with. God's through with you. It's done. That's what Satan will say to you and me. We have to realize there's no condemnation. Expect God to redeem the wrong choice. Now, what is Moses going to do? Does God have him in the right place? Yes. Would Moses think he's in the right place? Definitely not. So be careful. What is God going to do during those 40 years? He's going to make Moses the leader he needed to be. God knew this. Moses doesn't. So he's going to be a shepherd during the next 40 years. And he's going to learn about God's plan. So what to do after a wrong choice? Number three, enjoy God's grace and a new start. Moses wouldn't know this till later, but Moses wrote this later. We have the privilege of studying it. What was the great I am's character? God is with us even after a wrong choice. You'll see God knows exactly where to go to find Moses. After making a wrong choice, Satan will say God's nowhere to be found. It's over with. The truth is God's very near. What was the character of God? What did Moses write later in the book of Exodus? Let me read it to you. He passed in front of Moses and said, I am he, Lord I am the Lord, the merciful and gracious God. I am slow to anger versus you, Moses. He didn't write that. I added that. And rich in unfailing love and faithfulness. I will show this unfailing love to many thousands by forgiving every kind of sin and rebellion. Moses learned that God was compassionate. He was gracious. He was slow. He wanted to give a brand new start. God is full of love, ready to forgive us, overflows with faithfulness. He has promised never to leave you, never to leave me. That's his character. That's the character of the great I am. Verse 16. Now, priest of Midian had seven daughters. And they came to draw water and fill the troughs to water their father's flock. And some shepherds came along and drove them away. But Moses got up and he came to the rescue and he watered their flock. So God is going to redeem Moses with a wife and children. The seven daughters of Ruel or Jethro arrived at the well. And when they were going there to water the flock, some shepherds appeared and were going to bully their way in to, and start to water their flocks. Who's sitting there at this exact time? Moses. Yet Moses, just like in Egypt, he doesn't like what he saw. He hates oppressed people. He kind of has this deliverer mentality. But he did something right this time. He got up. And when he got up, it was kind of like a picture of a new start. 
Time to get up and do the right thing. This time, Moses' intervention worked. He rescued the seven women, and they finished watering the animals and returned home early. Maybe you need to get up. You've allowed the enemy to beat you down, to discourage you, just because you failed. No, ask God's forgiveness. Don't make excuse. Get up. Get started again. Here's what Moses is doing. Now look at 18. When the girls returned to Rel, their father, he asked them, Why have you returned so early today? And the Midianites were descendants of Abraham. So it goes way, way, way back. And probably we think Jethro was a priest, a worshiper of the true and living God. And they answered, An Egyptian rescued us from the shepherds. He even drew water for us and watered the flock. Now, remember, Ruel has seven daughters and he lives in the desert. What's he hoping for? Seven princes on a horse riding into the desert is what he's hoping for. Amen? What are they hoping for? Same thing. And verse 20 tells us why. Notice what he says. Hey, where is he? (laughs) Why is he saying that? Because we're down to six if things go well, is what he's trying to say. And where is he? He asked his daughter. Why did you leave him there? This is a live one. (laughs) Invite him to have something to eat. So he's hoping, he's praying. I joke with that, but hospitality was a big deal in those days. It was a very, very big deal. So what happens? They do that. And look at verse 21. Moses agreed to stay with the man who eventually gave his daughter Zipporah to Moses in marriage. He is down to six. Zipporah gave birth to a son, and Moses named him. This is interesting in the Bible. Names have some great illustrations. Gershom saying, I have become an alien in a foreign land. One meal leads to another. This God-ordained encounter leads to what? A marriage and family and children. What do you do after you make a wrong choice? Number four, learn from our wrong choices plus others' mistakes as well. Proverbs 16.22 says this, Understanding is a fountain of life to those who have it, but folly brings punishment to fools. You know, a wise thing for all of us to do is to learn from our mistakes. Moses has learned from this mistake. I want to learn from my mistakes. I'm going to make them, you're going to make them. We're not afraid to make mistakes here at the church. I hope you know that. Because we're not perfect. I wish we all heard God perfectly. We try. We strive for that. We try to do things with excellence. Sometimes we don't. So you have to make a change. You have to start this, stop this, change this, do that. Don't be afraid. If you're afraid to make a mistake, you might as well just close it up right now. In today's teaching, Pastor Mark taught about Moses and the choices he made in his life. You heard how God was always leading Moses, even through Moses making bad choices. You learn the importance of learning from other people's experiences rather than having to make all the bad decisions for yourself and how that can make your life go easier. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. 
you'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will finish his teaching, The Great I Am, Moses. You'll hear about God's ability to use you despite the wrong choices you make. Pastor Mark will be talking about Moses and the way that God prepared him to be the leader the Israelites would need. You'll find out the way that God uses mistakes you make to help you become more like Jesus. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in. And may God bless you. Together, let's do life right. in a herd